across the country and around the world. Different programs, different points of view. This is TalkZone.com. Now, InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. Millions of Americans are overweight. People of all ages, even children, suffer from obesity. What we eat not only impacts our weight, but our health and our risk of heart disease. Well, you've heard this all before, but what our next guest has to say about this topic may surprise you. He's Gary Taubes, an award-winning science journalist, correspondent for Science Magazine, and author of Good Calories, Bad Calories. Gary, is it possible that the advice we hear so often about cutting fat from our diet completely wrong? Yes. The short answer is it's probable more so than possible. I was an investigative science journalist, and I just got curious about this exact same public health advice. Is a low-fat diet a healthy diet? But if you had to go through life not eating butter and cheese and avocados, peanut butter, all these foods, taking the skin off your chicken breast, you know, could that possibly be good for you? And back in about 1998, actually, I started researching this uh, somewhat obsessively. Now, you break down your book into uh, three main sections, fat and cholesterol, the second section's about carbohydrates, and the third is about obesity and weight control. Let's start with the fat portion. And you mention here Dwight Eisenhower and how his heart disease problems had an impact on public perception. I wonder if you can tell that story. In 1955, Eisenhower had his first heart attack. Needless to say, it terrified him, and it terrified the country. They fly Paul Dudley White, the great heart disease expert from Harvard Med School, has flown out to consult. And finally, Eisenhower, he recovers, and the country gets this education in heart disease and this idea that cholesterol is crucial to controlling heart disease. And one of the reasons I tell this story in the book is because Eisenhower's cholesterol was actually low when he had the heart attack. It was below 180. So it would be considered by experts today to be a very safe level of cholesterol. He'd be one of the few Americans who would not be put on statins. And the weird thing is, as he goes on this diet that is basically the diet that today we're expected to follow to keep our cholesterol down, his cholesterol gets higher and higher and higher. And by the time he is leaving office, his cholesterol is now like 80 points higher than it was five years ago. It's up around 260. The week he got his last test, the American Heart Association comes out with their first declaration that all Americans should go on exactly the kind of diet that Eisenhower's been on. It sounds like this was the beginning of the start of a sort of an industry in the medical professional most to promote this idea. And, of course, today this has evolved where we now have medicines that we take, these statin drugs, to lower our uh, cholesterol. I mean, this isn't obviously hard facts. We don't know for sure, but it doesn't seem like there may be a connection here. On average, people who have a heart attack have slightly higher LDL cholesterol levels than people who don't. And by slightly higher, I mean two or three percent higher on average and that's how poorly this predicts heart disease but this was the result of 20 years of research and expenditure and effort and the national institutes of health was just not going to throw this hypothesis out if they had anything to hold on to 
And then by the mid-1980s, they were finally able to demonstrate that if you lower cholesterol by drugs, you can also prevent heart disease and make people live a little bit longer. And that was 20 years ago. And the weird thing is the science continued to evolve. And what we know now is that it's not actually the cholesterol in the LDL that's the critical factor. It's the size and density of the LDL particle. LDL stands for low-density lipoprotein. And it's the molecule that, among many other things, happens to shuttle cholesterol around in the bloodstream. So the American Heart Association, chances are your family physician, your cardiologist, are all working with 30-year-old science. Our guest on InfoTrack is Gary Taubes, author of Good Calories, Bad Calories, and we're talking about the conventional wisdom of diet, weight control, and heart disease, and there's some very interesting findings that you're telling us about from your research here. Gary, your second section of the book here gets into carbohydrates. This is something that you believe may be a much bigger factor for obesity than the average person does, huh? Well, not just obesity, but heart disease as well and diabetes. You know, when I was talking about small, dense LDL, small, dense LDL is found in a cluster of sort of metabolic hormonal abnormalities that are known today as metabolic syndrome. Metabolic syndrome, it's sort of the precursor to heart disease. It's also the precursor to diabetes. What would be symptoms of that that somebody might notice? Metabolic syndrome is a disorder of carbohydrate metabolism. Basically, if you've put on 10, 20 pounds since you're in college, you're probably already developing metabolic syndrome. So your insulin levels are elevated. You've got this insulin resistance. You've got low HDL cholesterol. You've got high triglycerides. Your LDL particles are small and dense, relatively high blood sugar. And all of these are caused by the kind of carbohydrates that are in your diet, particularly the refined carbs, flour, sugar, easily digestible starches like potatoes and rice, sodas, beers, anything that's sweet. And all these foods that cause metabolic syndrome are also the foods that our parents and our grandparents' generation believed were inherently fattening. Carbohydrates literally make you fat. So if you don't eat these foods, you lose weight. It's that simple. But because the American Medical Association was hammering on calories, it's all about this caloric imbalance, you have to eat less. And because the American Heart Association was hammering on the evils of dietary fat, and a diet that restricts carbohydrates by definition is a high-fat diet. Basically what you do is you replace the carbs you don't eat with fatty foods. This diet was the standard treatment for obesity for 100 years, but then in the 1960s, it started to challenge everything that our medical associations were arguing. Gary, the government has the famous food pyramid. Based on these findings, it would seem like that is not correct. Yeah, the food pyramid is a prescription to get fatter, basically. That says that most of your food, most of the foods you eat, the base of the pyramid, are the same grains. Everything I told you our parents or grandparents grew up believing were fattening. We've been told since 1981 we should make the staple of our diet. We should eat rice, we should eat bread, we should eat potatoes, pasta. I mean, on one level, it's no surprise that this is why we've been getting fatter. You've done all the research, you've written the book, and it is a very impressive book. 
if you wanted to lose weight and avoid heart disease, what would you do? I would just avoid these foods, like I said, that used to be considered inherently fattening. Well, sugar, flour, easily digestible starches like potatoes, rice, beer, bread, pastries, candies, fruit juices, unfortunately. So yeah, I would avoid those foods and not worry about what else I was eating, basically. I still eat probably more green vegetables than I ever did. The point of the book and what the underlying science says is that these are the foods that you would expect to make us sick and these are the foods that you would expect to make us fat. You know, there's a genetic influence in weight gain. The genetic influence would be how you respond to these foods in the diet. But the leanest you'll be is on the diet with the least carbohydrate-containing foods. That's sort of the conclusion I come to. Not everyone will be as lean as they would like. <laughs> but, but we could hopefully reverse the trend in this country toward extreme obesity, which is unfortunately really taking its toll on our population. Right. And my book is a difficult read, but I hope, if nothing else, people buy and give it to their doctors and say, look, he disagrees with everything you've been telling me. So could you read it and help me lose weight? The book is Good Calories, Bad Calories, Challenging the Conventional Wisdom on Diet, Weight Control, and Disease. Gary Taubes is the author. Gary, thanks so much for joining us on InfoTrack. Thank you very much, Chris. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know.